Welcome to the first ever episode of the T-Pain CFB show where we talk all things college football. I'm your host Tyler Payne and today we'll be discussing the top 10 teams heading into the 2024 season. Let's get right into it. Mr. Jacob Maples, how are you today buddy? Doing pretty good. How That's about good. You? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Well, today what we're going to be doing is, as I mentioned in the intro, we're going to be doing the top 10 college football teams heading into 2024. Got, you've got your list. I've got mine. I say we had. I say we jump right into it. What do you think? Let's go for it. Who's Who's your number ten? I'm I'm very excited. Starting it off with the reigning national champions. I'm putting Michigan as my number ten team. Wolverines at number ten. What's What's the reasoning behind that? They lost their coach. They did. They lost their quarterback. They did. Two pretty important positions, <laughs> if you ask me. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's That's why I have them at ten. Good pick. I've got the Utah Utes at number ten. I wasn't sure how you'd react to that. I know you're a fan of Cam Rising. That's a big reason they're at number ten. Cam Rising is finally back um, off of injury, so that's good. Um, I, th- I just I like watching Utah. I think they're a tough, gritty team. You know, um, I think they can make some noise in the in the college football playoff this year. I think Utah, because they're in the Big Twelve now, they they have a legit shot to to win that conference. That's that's not a very tough conference with Texas and Oklahoma leaving. I like Arizona in that conference too, but I, I got the Utes at number ten for for today at least. So what about what about number nine? What are for we number doing? nine, I have Penn State staying in the Big Ten. Big fan of Drew Allar. I think he is going to be he's going to make a push for the Heisman this year. I don't think he wins it, but I think he will be in contention for it. Drew Aller. And obviously, they still have James Franklin, who is one of the best coaches in the country. So, <laughs> don't think they get over the top this year, but they're always right there in contention. James so. Franklin the the, Van, the former Vanderbilt Commodore. Oh man. I've got Michigan at number nine, so we're not too far off in the Michigan opinions. I've got Michigan at nine. I've got in my notes here, they're losing a lot off of the national championship team. That You'll get that with any team that wins a national championship. they got a lot of guys heading to the draft. I like J.J. McCarthy, Blake Corum. Their running back room is, is stacked. Donovan Edwards should be coming back. Um, I really like what what he did in the national championship last year. They should have enough receivers to uh, – be able to throw the ball. The quarterback is the question for Michigan, obviously. As you know, there's a lot of guys there that can win that job in that quarterback room. But Michigan, to me, on the offensive line, should still be pretty dominant um, like they have been in the past with new head coach Sharon Moore. Um, I'm I'm pretty high on the Wolverines. I, I, I like Colston Loveland. They're tied in. I really like him. I, I like Mason Graham. Mason Graham had one of the best defensive line performances in a playoff game that we've seen in recent memory. I mean, he, he dominated Alabama, and you just don't do that to Alabama's offensive line up front. And I like Will Johnson in the secondary. All three of those guys that I mentioned should possibly be All-Americans. I mean, it, they're, Michigan's still loaded with talent. They've been, recruiting, they've been recruiting well for the last few years, which is important to, you know, keep a sustainable program. But, yeah, I got the Wolverines at nine. So Coming in at number eight, I have Missouri. Okay, I like it. I, I like Luther Burden, mm-hmm. Brady Cook. I think that's a solid duo. Offensively, shouldn't be a problem. Defense could be a problem mm-hmm. down the stretch. Yep. I think they're good enough to make a push at the playoff. Um, obviously, Eli Drinkwitz is back. I know you're a big fan of his. Standing on business. 
Standing on business. Missouri's going to be number eight this year. Can't stand. Don't get me riled up. Don't get me riled up with, with Mr. Drinkwitz. At number eight, I've got Alabama. We've got the Crimson Tide coming at number eight. The new the new era under Kalen DeBoer, i got Alabama coming at number eight. They're still Alabama. Okay, they're, they're still a powerful program. The talent is still there. Jalen Milrow at quarterback. Not sure about his throwing ability, but he can run like a deer. We know that. Um, there's not much more to say about Alabama. I, I, I just I think it'll be a while before that ship starts to sink. I think with Nick Saban still watching over the program as much as he's going to be doing these next few years, um, I, I don't think Alabama's going anywhere anytime soon. They've been recruiting as well, if not better, than anybody else in the country, um, with exceptions of maybe Georgia and Ohio State. But Alabama is – they're still one of the premier – college football programs in the country and there's no doubt about that so I don't I don't see them dropping off majorly this year um, with Texas and Oklahoma coming into the SEC it's going to make it a little bit tougher for the Crimson Tide to just dominate up front like they have been what we saw under Nick Saban was a team that was just going to beat you down physically and there was nothing that you could do about it here recently we've not seen that out of, out of Alabama I, I feel like they tried to get back to that this year but it they they came up short and they got they Michigan did to Alabama what Alabama used to do to other teams, and they they physically beat them down. And it just it was just something that you didn't see Alabama. You just don't do Alabama like that. You know what I'm saying? You just, it doesn't happen. And I just feel like here recently they've they've gone more towards a finesse approach than than a physicality approach. You just you haven't seen Alabama dominate like you used to. And now with the addition of Kalen DeBoer and the exit of Nick Saban. That's gonna. That's only gonna worsen. I, I think they're gonna be able to score a lot of points on offense because I think Kalen DeBoer is an excellent coach. But like I keep saying, I just don't think that they're just gonna physically just destroy teams. But I could be wrong. I I, I could see Alabama making a, a a pretty decent run in the playoffs. In all honesty, but I've got them at number eight just for today. Um, let's let's go ahead here, number seven. Number seven, I have the Utah Utes. I'm a little higher on Utah than you wow. were. I think I think Cam Rising, if healthy, which this ranking is all, it's assuming Cam Rising is going to be healthy and back to his normal self. That is true. Yes. I think Cam Rising is the best quarterback in Utah history, and probably is. When a couple of years ago, when he was healthy, Utah was contending for the playoffs, yeah. and I think they'll be back in that, especially playing in the Big Twelve. I think the Big Twelve is one of the weaker conferences this year. Yeah, um, I'd agree with that. I, I don't see any other teams in the Big 12 really challenging them. No. Maybe maybe Kansas State, Kansas, but forgot about them. Oklahoma is gone. Texas is gone. Yep. So that's, that's your two best teams. They're gone. Utah steps in. I think Utah should be the favorite to win the Big 12. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I'm surprised they were in at seven, but I, I definitely think Utah should be in, in the top ten for – for this year upcoming, because of Cam Rising, we've we've seen what he can do when he's healthy and what that team can accomplish when they're at their best. At number seven, you've already mentioned this team. I've got Missouri at number seven. Like you said, kind of going on with what you talked about, I like Brady Cook a lot, and he's back, unfortunately, for their opponents. Um, Brady Cook's back. Luther Burden's back. They had some key additions in the portal. I, I, I think Missouri, I, th- I think they can make a run in the playoff. Um I've I've got them at seven. They could be higher, but they've they've lost 
they've lost quite a bit of firepower on offense, especially with Cody Schrader. Cody Schrader, as a Tennessee fan, I have experienced Cody Schrader single-handedly take over the ball game and just disassemble the Tennessee defense, which otherwise wasn't wasn't that great in that game anyway. But I just remember in that game, that was a blowout at that. I remember when it was Cody Schrader, or when it wasn't Cody Schrader, it was Brady Cook on the ground. And when it wasn't Brady Cook, it was Brady Cook through the air. You know, they had so many things to throw at teams offensively that it was hard for Tennessee to, to stop them. They couldn't get any pass rush on that offensive line. That was better than most people gave them credit for last year. Um, I'm not sure how their offensive line will perform this year, but I know that last year it was hard to get any pass rush on them. Even for the mighty Georgia Bulldogs, they went into Athens, Missouri did, and they I won't say they should have won the game, but they, they gave Georgia all they wanted in Athens. Well, Missouri, my thing with Missouri is last year they had the weapons. This year, like you say, the loss of Schrader, is yep. gonna, it's going to hurt them. But you still have Luther Burden who is – He's debatably he's one of the best receivers in the nation. 100%. He's a, he's a game changer. So that's why I'm pretty high on Missouri. Yeah. No, that Luther Burden is a very good football player. Let's move on to number six, Peanut. What what do you got at number six? I've got Alabama at number six. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm a big fan of Kalen DeBoer. Yep. Um, he's obviously one of the best best coaches in the country. He's gonna have a tough job coming in to replace. Probably the greatest coach of all time, Nick Saban. No but I'm very high on him. He was very good at Washington, and he he didn't have a lot of big-time recruits at Washington. So that tells me I, I think he's a much better coach than what people are giving him credit for. I don't think Alabama is going to be quite what they have been in the past, but I don't expect the fall-off to be too too bad for Alabama. I think they're still going to be a very good football team. Obviously, they've got some key players coming back, which is going to help a lot. They've got Milrow. Not a big fan of Milrow throwing the ball, but he's one of the most athletic quarterbacks in the nation, yeah. and that's that says a lot. You've got skilled players coming back on both sides of the ball. Alabama should be a really good team next year. I agree. Like I said, like I mentioned earlier, I, I could see Alabama making a run just because of the players that are still there around the program. That Nick Saban did recruit. They had some decent additions in the portal with that um, Washington center coming over from, from Washington to join Kalen DeBoer. Um, Alabama, they had a lot of players leave, and I understand that. They had a lot of players go to other, other schools because Nick Saban retired, and um, such as Isaiah Bond going to Texas, players like that, just very explosive players, but – Caleb Downs really sticks out to me. Caleb he's Downs. one of the best safeties in the nation. He's obviously with the Buckeyes now. Yeah, so that's that's, that's a, a big loss. Absolutely, I agree with that. They they have lost some some key players, but I, I'm like you. I I don't think that the fall off that everybody's expecting just because Nick Saban retired. I don't think that's going to be immediate. I think it's going to take some time for Alabama to to learn how to be not dominant again. I mean that, that program is just so used to winning. So it's going to take them a while to fall off. So that's why they're so high on the list this year. At number six, I've got a little bit of a, a curveball, but with what they've been doing in the portal, they deserve to be here. I've got Ole Miss. I've got Ole Miss at six. Um, it's it's really – I've got in my notes here that it's a put-up-or-shut-up year for Lane Kiffin, and it really is. He he talks all offseason about how they're the portal kings and that uh, they need to, you know, come to the SIP, hashtag commit to the SIP, or whatever his, whatever his slogan is. You can't deny the fact that they've gotten some – 
excellent additions in the transfer portal. That's that's pretty evident and obvious. Um, what I like more about Ole Miss's football team is they have a lot of leaders coming back, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Jackson Dart's coming back. I know how high you are on on Mr. Dart. Okay, he's got weapons with him. He's got Trey Watkins. He's got he's got guys to throw to this year that he had last year, and then some. He's got portal additions coming in. They lost Quinshawn Judkins. That's a big loss for Ole Miss. But with the Rebels' offense and the way Lane Kiffin schemes everything up, I I just I think the running game is not going to be a problem for them. It it really never has been under Lane Kiffin, and I, I don't see that happening anytime soon. So with the loss of Quinshawn Judkins, that is detrimental. It would be for any team, but I think Ole Miss can make up for it. Um, defensively, they've got guys like Walter Nolan. They were going to have Tyler Barron um, at defensive end, but he, he wound up going to Louisville. You've, had, you've got that guy from Florida. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name. Princely something. Um, I know he wore number one for Florida last year and was a defensive end and was a very good football player. So they're, they're going to have some guys up front on the defensive line that they've not had uh, on Ole Miss's football team in a while. And um, it's, like I said, it's a put-up or shut-up year for Ole Miss. It's time for them to do something. Um, I, I think they can make a run with just the talent alone that they have. I don't think that the the hype that they have been getting is 100% warranted, but I also think that you can't deny that they have really brought in some exceptional players. Well, I 100% agree with you, and that's why I have Ole Miss at number five. Oh, that's interesting. I, I'm a little higher on them than you are. Interesting. But, I agree. Jackson Dart's coming back, arguably the best quarterback in the SEC. Okay, he's right up there with Carson Beck, Beck. Quinn Ewers. I agree. Um, like you said, they have playmakers. They have the quarterback. They've been very good in the portal this year. Walter Nolan really sticks out. Uh, it's it's going to be tough. Ole Miss is going to be a good football team this year, and I'm I'm excited to see what they can do. They're going to be fun to watch. They're going to be fun to watch whether they're playing Alabama. I don't I'm not sure what their schedule is this year. I'm sure it's pretty brutal because most SEC teams have a brutal schedule this year with the addition of it, uh, Texas and Oklahoma. But they're going to be a fun team to watch. You you can't help but watch them. I'll, I'll admit that. Um, I know you're sad that Walter Nolan is not a is not an Oregon Duck right now, but you win some, you lose some, right? So I'm going to move on to my number five, and this is the one that I'm not exactly confident in, but I'm just going to say it. I got Penn State at five. That's a shocker to you. I understand that. I would I would be shocked as well. I've got Penn State at five. Penn State is has a returning quarterback. They've got two stud running backs coming back in Nicholas Singleton and Katron Allen. Their defense has lost some talent to the NFL draft because they were so good last year, but the way Penn State recruits and the way James Franklin runs his program, Penn State's good on defense every year. With this number five selection, I'm, I'm really just basing it off of talent alone and not how I think the team will perform. Um, Penn State has the team to do it. I just don't know if this is the year for them to do it or not. Michigan will be a little bit down this year because of all that they've lost, but I don't know if Penn State can capitalize because Penn State – hopes they can win against Michigan. Michigan knows they can beat Penn State, if that makes any sense. And the Big Ten right now, excluding the addition of the Pac-12 teams like Oregon and Washington, USC and, and whatnot, excluding those teams, the Big Ten in the past has had three dominant teams, Penn State, Michigan, and Ohio State. And Penn State has been a little brother for a long time, okay? And I, I think the team is there to do it this year. Like you said earlier, Drew Aller's coming back. It's time for him to to do something. Last year, he got a lot of hype in the offseason, but he didn't, I feel like personally, he didn't perform as well in the big games as they thought he would. But 
I think Penn State, uh, I got them at five because, of, like I said, the talent that they have. I agree with that. I, I think Penn State is very good. Like I said, I'm high on Drew Aller and looking forward to see what they can do. Big fan of James Franklin. Yep. Um, it's all, it's all going to depend on on how they perform against other Big Ten teams this year. That's and right. they're in a tough conference this year. Like you said, conference is much tougher than it has been in the past. 100%. And that's good. That's good for college football. I'm, I'm glad that this is happening. It, it's kind of weird in the geographical, geographical sense of things, but as far as competition, it's good for college football, and I'm, I'm glad we're going to get to see some some games. Instead of instead of Michigan going over here and playing, you know, UTEP, we get Michigan versus USC, and that's that's a little bit that's a little bit better as a fan to watch, in my opinion. Number four. Number four. What's it looking like? I have the Oregon Ducks. Very high on Oregon. Okay. Obviously, the transfer of Dylan Gabriel, who's the projected starter. They also got Dante Moore in the portal, who's former five-star. The quarterback room's loaded. That is unreal. It, they're loaded. They're returning one of the best offensive lines in the nation, with the exception of Powers Johnson, who was probably the best center in football last Good year. That's going to be a tough player to replace for them. Um, but I see uh, the tackles, Cornelius and Connerly. I think that's a top five tackle duo in the nation. Yep. And then the defense, they've added corners in the portal. Damn. They got Alexander, who's very underrated corner. No, he came from a smaller school. A lot of potential there. And then obviously Jabbar Muhammad, one of one of the best corners in the nation last year. Right. And now he's he's coming to play at Oregon. Also have former five star Dante Manning. To play as well so yeah. the depth is definitely there um dan lanning he's done a great job recruiting and it's I, i'm i'm excited to see what he can do with this team that's exciting I, you took the words right out right out of my mouth because i've got oregon number four as well so I, I know you were anxious to see where they where they wound up they wound up at four oregon uh they've got the they've got the team to do it they, they've had the team to do it for multiple years but they're going into a tougher conference. I don't think that's going to phase them like teams or like people think that it will. I, I like Dan Lanning as a as a head f- football coach. I like his attitude and how he approaches big games and how competitive he is. So I think Oregon's program is heading in the right direction. I really like the addition of somehow both quarterbacks, Dylan Gabriel and Dante Moore. I don't know how you guys convinced both of those guys to go to Oregon, but you did. And Evan Stewart is going to be a freak at Oregon. Evan Stewart and Tess Johnson, the receiver duo. Talk a little bit about that. That's going to be good. Tess Johnson was he was unbelievable last year, man. Which I know he had the connection with Bo Nix, but I think this year he might be just as good, if not better. Obviously, the loss of Troy Franklin's big, um, but they got Evan Stewart to step in and replace him, and I'm excited for former five star Jerion Dickey to step up and see what he can do this year. He was injured last year, ended up redshirting. Um, I'm I'm curious to see how how Oregon works him into the game because Oregon's deep at receiver. They're they're definitely one of the deeper teams at receiver this year. They are. I, I completely forgot about Jurion Dickey. I kn- I knew you were high on him. I knew I've, I've heard a lot about Jurion Dickey from you, uh, the the true freshman five star receiver. I guess he's not a true freshman anymore, but that doesn't matter. He he's gonna play and he's gonna play well, and so that's why we have Oregon at four. What about three? Who's at three for you? Three? I was I was torn on number three. I was between two teams. I really like Ohio State, um, but Ohio State's going to be my number three team. 
Ohio State, obviously, has done very well in the portal. Quinshaw Judkins, one of the best running backs in college football last year. And they're going to be pairing him with Travion Henderson, which is yes. – that's that's a great running back duo, probably the best in the nation. Um, defensively, Ohio State's always great defensively, but the addition of Caleb Downs, I think that really sets them apart. Uh, the Big Ten, man, this year, it's just – it's loaded this year. And it's like you were saying earlier, you don't have the big three teams anymore. And it's going to be much more competitive than it has been in the past. I'm I'm excited to see some of these matchups. Oregon, Ohio State. Really looking forward to that matchup. Some of these some of these big games, which and they mean so much now with the with the format of the playoff, with the conference champions getting in as the one through five seeds. So those games mean a lot now, and I, I'm excited to see how it plays out this year. Yeah, I am too. I, you. It looks like our top four is probably going to be exactly the same, which we did not anticipate for. I wanted it to be – I wanted to, to hear the teams live, and I wanted it to be authentic to, to react to the, the, the reveal. But I've got Ohio State at three as well. Uh, like you said, the running back tandem, man, geez, Ohio State. Travion Henderson, Quinshawn Judkins. I think Judkins – I think both of those guys have potential to be all-conference. In a conference that, like you mentioned before – is going to have a lot more talent and going to have a lot more competition to it. I still think both of those guys can play ball. I like the receivers. What Ohio State will always have good wide receivers, I guess, until the death of their program. They have good receivers every single year. It, it beats anything I've ever seen. They recruit receivers at a at a level that is that we've never seen before. As much as I hate to say that, I'm not an Ohio State fan at all. But man, the quarterback is interesting. You got Will Howard coming from Kansas State. A big dude. I, I I read earlier he's like 6'5", 245, big joker. Um, don't know how he's going to perform. Um, with all those players around him, though, it would be hard for him to perform bad. Ohio State fans are just hoping that he's better than Kyle McCord. If, they, if, if he's better than Kyle McCord, then they'll take it. I really think so. But this is a big year for Ryan Day um, for Ohio State. I, I think it's similar to like Lane Kiffin. Both of these teams, Ole Miss and Ohio State, have, have done a lot of good things in the offseason – but it's it's time to put it on the field and put it on display and uh, actually start beating some teams like Michigan. They, Ohio State has to beat Michigan this year. That is, there is no negotiation right there. They have to do it. This is the year to do it. But, yeah, I've, I've got Ohio State at three, and I'm pretty confident in that. We'll see what they do um, this fall. What about what about number two? I think I know who number two number is. Number two is Texas. I was really torn between Texas and Ohio State. Yep. To me, the quarterback situation, like you said, Will Howard, they're hoping he's an upgrade over Kyle McCord, but I don't know that he's good enough to put them over the top of Texas because obviously Quinn Ewers was one of the best quarterbacks in the country, went healthy last year, yeah. and he'll be back this year And the addition of Isaiah Bond. I know they're losing a couple of really good receivers to the draft, but they should be should be one of the most talented teams out there next year. In the, in the new-look SEC, I'm... I'm, I don't know how it's going to play out. I don't exactly know what their schedule looks like this year. But like you said earlier, in the SEC, it's probably going to be a tough schedule. Um, they're talented. They've just got a – Sarkeesian is a good coach. Agreed. They're just going to have to put it all together. And I think Texas is going to be really good this year. I agree. That's that's kind of the reason that I have them at two as well. I, I was similar to you. I was contemplating on putting Ohio State at two. Basically, the only reason that Ohio State is not number two is 
they have not beaten Michigan in a long time. I mean, it's simple as that. They've just not – they've had the teams, but they've just not gotten over that hump. And I, I don't have confidence in Ryan Day to get over that hump until he shows me otherwise. So, as of right now, Texas is number two just because if they, they, they've got the better quarterback of the two. We think so, anyway. We don't really know what Will Howard's going to do. But we know what Quinn Ewers is going to do. We know what he can do, anyways. And what he did was take them to the playoff. Texas has been there, done that. Ohio State has not. Texas went to the playoff last year, gave Washington all they wanted. Um, I really like the Longhorns. I think they've gotten some good portal additions, like Isaiah Bond that we mentioned earlier. I think he's an exceptional player. Um, they lose a lot. You got receivers like Adonai Mitchell, who's going to go to the NFL draft and potentially be a first-rounder, great player out of Georgia. But Texas, I still think, has enough firepower to really contend for a national title this year because of Ewers coming back. And he, he knows that system now. Sarkeesian's been there long enough that he can he has developed what he wants out of Texas football by now. So I'm really high on the Longhorns. Number one, we could just say it together, it's, it's Georgia. You know, you can go ahead and give your reasons. I'll give mine. I mean, Georgia, after last year, they're mad. They thought they should have been in the playoffs last year. I agree. I think Georgia was the best team in the country last year, and they're going to be out for blood this year. They're returning a, a great quarterback in Carson Beck, returning a lot of key players on both sides of the ball. I know it's Georgia. They're putting a lot of talent into the NFL every year. But, man, that team is it's special. And what Kirby Smart's done up front, building the offensive and defensive lines, it's unbelievable. It is. It's Georgia's going to be – tough to deal with for SEC teams for a long time to come, and that's that's why I have them at number one going into the season this year. I think I think Georgia, obviously it's national championship or bust for them. They're, they're needing a national championship, but I, I think they'll get it this year. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I wish they wouldn't win another one because they, they've, had, they've had a few here recently. But, no, I agree. I think Georgia, in all honesty, I'll put my, I'll put my hatred aside for just a second – in all honesty, I think Georgia was the best team in college football last year. They would have gave Michigan a run for their money, not saying Washington didn't. Washington was not physically built up front for that Michigan football team. Georgia is. They were, or they were last year. And I, I, I'm high on Carson Beck as well. I think he's a better player than people give him credit for. Um, Georgia, we don't know what their weapons are going to look like next year. They're not going to have Ladd McConkey. The running backs were not kind of a question mark. Only thing about Georgia is they they recruit so well that it doesn't really matter. Georgia just kind of reloads. They don't they don't replace. They just reload. It's kind of like it's it's. I can't explain how how good Georgia recruits. They they remind me unfortunately of what Alabama was when Nick Saban first got there. And I don't want to admit that, but that, that's what they remind me of. It's setting up pretty similar to what Nick Saban's journey was at Alabama. Um, what Kirby Smart is doing right now at Georgia. So. They're number one, um, like you said, national championship or bust for the Bulldogs. Pretty high on Carson Beck. I, I think he's gonna, I think he's gonna do. That team will go as far as Carson Beck will take them, and I, I think he has a chip on his shoulder this year, losing to Alabama in the SEC championship last year. I agree. One thing you said that they were running back was kind of question. Trevor Etienne, I think, is gonna completely he's, forgot. He, he's gonna change that offense. You're exactly right. This is why I have you on this show. You're exactly <laughs> right. This is why I have you, Trevor. I don't know if I even said the right Etienne, but no, it's, you're right. It's, it's Etienne. I know his brother plays for the Jags now, yeah. and he's very good running back at Clemson. But I think his brother is he, he's a very good player himself, and 
I'm excited to see him in that Georgia offense. Yeah, I, f- I forgot about Trevor Etienne. Trevor, if you're watching this, I'm sorry. But in all, in all seriousness, no, Trevor Etienne's a very good running back. We saw that last year when he was at Florida, unfortunately, against the Tennessee Volunteers. So, um, he, he, yeah, Trevor had a very good game against Tennessee last year. So that's what I remember him as. I remember him running down the sideline for about 60-yard 60 60-yard 60 touchdown, and uh, we never really did recover from that. But, no, Trevor Etienne's a very exceptional running back, just like his brother. And uh, now that just solidifies that George is number one. I, I completely forgot about that. I wasn't even thinking about that. I, now that I remembered that Trevor Etienne's a bulldog, then it's it's set in stone there. They're the, they're the favorite to win the national championship. It should be that way on all lists. But, unfortunately, Tennessee has to play them every year. Um, we have to play in Athens this year, I believe, which is always interesting for Tennessee. Um, we'll see how that goes. But that pretty much wraps it up. I, I, think, we, I think we covered some pretty good points there. I, that's that's going to be the end of Episode 1. That's the top ten teams heading into 2024. I'm your host, Tyler Payne, and with me today was Jacob Maples. Jacob, thank you. Being hey, on the show thank today. you for having me. All right.